Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a podcast about old video games. And this week we are talking about all of video game music and sound, which is a broad topic. Uh, It encompasses games that were released from 1972 through current day uh, for most systems that are out there, at least those with speakers. And uh, it was published by pretty much everybody. Yeah, everybody published. Everybody plays this club cranium. <laughs> um, the uh, if you you may recall from uh, middle of summer, we did an episode about arcades uh, that was pretty popular, and we liked having the opportunity to not be uh, to kind of break up from our format. So we thought that maybe once or twice a year we would do one of these kind of general all-purpose episodes. Yes. So this week's episode, or this uh, two weeks episode, let's just say that. So this episode is going to feature um, two aspects. Think of it as like two sides of an album. The first Mm -hmm. half is going to be about video game music. The second half about video game sound. They are uh, distinct but related. And uh, Gary's going to specialize in the first half. And I'm going to specialize in the second half. And then we're going to clean up the remainder after both of those are done in the uh, the EP. Yeah, there'll be like kind of a little bonus tracks, uh, some like Japan-only import, (laughs) you know, B-sides at the end of just kind of some miscellaneary. And then... uh, the uh, listener response portion of this episode, we're going to put into an extra episode because we have a lot of uh, a lot of it. And yeah. It's going to involve a lot of a lot of songs and and all that stuff. So that's going to be real fun. But that's going to come out next week. Yeah, y'all came out in force, and that is uh, awesome. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, very very good news. So and we're going to have some some sound samples and stuff throughout. Um, yeah. So just uh, you know, sit back and enjoy. I think that we this is a universal thing that we we all we all enjoy. Yes. Um, Not the deaf though. They are you know. Uh, no, no, they <laughs> good, good, good point. And video <laughs> games are difficult to avoid by the blind or deaf, and podcasts but, especially so. But you know, yeah, yeah, that's a uh, podcast for the deaf. Hey, <laughs> that's a uh, let's uh, that'll be your new album. Yes, let, um, let, to Josh Homme and Dave Grohl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining some kind of like rapid fire braille device that is a ribbon. That is like, uh, you know, uh, punched like a typewriter, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you just hook it up to your computer and it just creates in this this loop. It's like something from Brazil. Well, have you ever seen a blind person's PDA? Uh, no, it's, 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 it's basically what you're describing. It's like a it's, oh. a, it's like a typewriter they carry around um, and it uh, has a Braille display that they that oh, they that's... use and they and they can type Braille into it. That's awesome. Yeah, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Very cool. It's pretty cool. So the more you know about blind people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very neat. Um, so so, uh, so the, for the first side of this, um, I'm going to kind of ramble and we're going to kind of discuss something that is a, um, a little bit of the advantages of – so it's something I've talked about a little bit on the show. And I have some notes here, but it's not uh, – there should be a big powerful caveat at the beginning of this that this is not uh, well-researched. 
nor um, you know is it anything other than my experience and my opinion. Mm-hmm. So my observations, um, you know, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, old video game music and what makes it special and what ways I think it is stronger than most new video game music and uh, how I kind of took advantage of some of the things. Um, and there are some aspects of it that are not, uh, are kind of lost, you know, in, in the Hans Zimmer singularity, as uh, Cole likes to, to put it. And, and, and just to give a primer on, on, on uh, where we both stand, in, in reading Gary's notes and in kind of coming up with our lists of raves and faves, um, <laughs> I, I've, I found that I, I tend to lean, lean towards more newer music. Um, yeah. So I think sparks that they're they gonna fly, um. <laughs> as much as as much as they ever do. Yes. Like on the show. Like I mean, yeah, this is probably something that we don't agree with. Even though I was looking looking through your raves and faves, mm-hmm. um, you know, those are all songs that I like as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what might be part of it, and I, I'm gonna try not to play like, you know, I'm a musician at any point because I'm not a trained musician, and I don't, uh, and you're a musician, and. That's a douchey thing to do. But part of, so definitely part of, and we can start with this, it's as good a place as any. Um, part of this appreciation comes from uh, like an awe mm-hmm. angle, right? So like when, you, when you're when you limited to three tracks, you think about like an NES sound chip, you have you know just a saw, a square, and a noise track that can be used for percussion. And we've talked about many times on the show about the, uh, the strength of limitation, right? Yeah. So like you're forced to make decisions, you're forced to be economical, um, when you have fewer options, and I think that's a big, uh, a big part of why these turned out so great, and why they're so impressive to me. Like these people didn't have every tool in the kitchen right. when they were making music, and they were still able to create, you know, these like really, really excellent melodies, and still convey mood, and still do everything you want video game music to do, but with so few tools. Like, like, like all of this music, you know, prior to the you know widespread availability of storage was created instructionally, right? Mm-hmm. Like saying to the machine, make this noise now and go. Right? Right. And that and that changes how you uh, compose too. So like you take something like um, like the theme song to this show, which like I sat down and, and wrote on a keyboard, you know, and could play it like front to back when I wrote it. And then you take something like the theme song or the theme music from Abject Suffering, which was composed in Mario Paint. And when you're sitting down and just looking at a staff and placing things and kind of doing that, like that changes how you write as well. Mm-hmm. In a way that there, uh, there are a lot of rooms for kind, of, uh, a lot of rooms, a lot of room for kind of like happy accidents, in in my experience. And I don't know how much of like the unique tone and the unique kind of shape of melodies of video game music comes from from that as well. I'd be interested to talk to people about that, yeah, and see if that kind of programming bent. Well, there's like the programming bent, but there's also like you know MIDI composition, which is what I think of when I think of anything where you're looking at a staff, right? Mm-hmm. And and then there's like, what do you do when you have the ability to mic a whole orchestra? You know, right? I, I know what you do. I don't <laughs> like, like you know, it's you uh, you write like the you try to knock off uh, you know Howard Shore, mm-hmm. and you you use music to tell the audience how to feel. Right. You know, like uh, and that's something. So like, just as a couple examples, because we're gonna cut in you know a bunch of sound uh, during this, right? So, so, I mean, you have something like a real famous example would be like, uh, like almost like any Mega Man song. Mm-hmm. 
so the uh, uh, those are like really kind of compositionally neat and super super catchy, amazing melodies. You know, for for such such limitations and being able to kind of be born from that. So like, but check out like the way that it's it's using the technology to to emulate you know guitars and emulate the same kind of like percussion hits and stuff that you would hear in a popular song um, while while being done on on a staff. And, uh, and, and, you know, super, super limited technology. There's only three things happening at once at any given point in the song. And, and not to give like too much of a, like, you know, preview of what's to come, but like anything that happened in the game had to ha- also happen on those same tracks. Right. 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 Well, so the, well, sound so, effects and stuff. Um, no, that's true of Game Boy. Okay. So Game Boy, we talked about in the Wario Land episode, like when you jump, it cuts the bass out of the, the track. Yeah. I feel like yeah, Nintendo. I think had. I mean, I, and again, poorly researched. Mm-hmm. I think had a, a separate, you know, a separate component for for sound effects. Okay. So the same same technology created it, but it wasn't something where they had to worry about. It wasn't like an extra track. Right. Right. You know, thinking in four track terms. Okay. Yeah. So 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 like you know, Mega Man, like they 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 were going for a style. They were going for this almost like shreddingly electric guitar kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And the same thing that they they go for in like. Um, so like another example, and this is, you know, we'll go into another thing I want to talk about as well, but like, so the main theme of Contra, like I remember hearing this, like sitting down to play Contra, which is an amazing game. There's something about the shared experience there too, because like I, you know, however much time I spent playing Contra on the NES at home on a rental, um, that was probably doubled by playing it on an arcade machine at the at the roller rink, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I I don't I don't know how that enhances the experience or what, but well, uh, that's a, that's a different kind of audio thing too. We talked about that a little bit in the arcade episode about like arcade ambiance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, there's that website I put in the links of note. Like, I mm-hmm. recommend people go back to it, where the guy collected, you know, an hour of arcade sounds from every year from 1979 to current. And you can get kind of a temperature as to what arcades sounded like, mm-hmm. you know, any given year. And it's really, like, it's a really interesting textural thing. And, and, and just, like, I think about Contra, and I think about that melody, and just how much everything is leaning on that, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you when you have, a, so, like, music being made up of different different kind of things, so... You can you can make up music. There are elements of melody and there are elements of texture and elements of mood and all of that stuff. And having this kind of restriction, like you have melody, that's really the only thing you can do well. Like there are a couple, uh, you know, uh, Nintendo games that did some textural stuff. Like I'm thinking about like Metroid.
Um, like the opening title for that yeah. has some kind of atonal, you know, like there's that, you know, noise kind of thing that pops in. But for the most part, melody is your only tool. So they, they you know, that caused people to have to do two things. So like one, you know, the, the limitations of technology meant that you couldn't have 10 minutes of something. Like you couldn't do like side A of a King Crimson album. <laughs> you had to do, you know, like a single, like the, the same, they had to be, you had to loop it for 45 seconds and it had to not get annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so and when I, when I think about remembering back on this music, too, so you do that so it'd not be annoying and it had to be catchy. So so people would would want to listen to it like it was an entire dimension to what you're doing. Like it wasn't something like where when the character shoots, you're getting a shoot, you know, a realistic shoot noise when when they fall on the ground, you're getting a realistic fall on the ground noise. Like it it was an element that lended itself to the abstraction of the experience, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, like. Old video game music is of video games. New video game music is of, you know, movies mostly, which is what new video games like, t- you know, tend to aspire to be. Right. And like when I see a game, you know, an old game or a new game where it's just taking joy in the fact that it's a game mm-hmm. and that this is what it is. It reminds me of the, when we were talking about that, uh, the 48 frames per second thing with the Hobbit, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was on an extra show a while back. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, the, the, if you don't know, um, the Hobbit was being shown in 48 se- frames per second, um, uh, movies historically have been, it's 24 frames yes. per second. Um, and they were just, you know, it was supposed to be this thing in you know, this, uh, great advance in technology, but the fact that movies have always been shown in 24 frames a second is enough reason to do it because that's what movies are. Like we think of movies as this thing, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it can't be more than that. Mm-hmm. But appreciating the artifice and appreciating the medium like that is is important. Yeah, and, and, and like it's it's not just out of like oh gosh when they played uh just like whatever kind of play and they rioted in London, it's not just like that. It's just like like what is this thing physically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things too when you t- think about um, like limiting your compositional focus to melody is that you have to express mood through that and you don't have like when you think about uh, mood being expressed in a movie like you you know opening shot established on like a serial killer's apartment <laughs> or something you know like it might be like a bass rumble or uh, like an atonal industrial sound or something like that but these like NES and, and Genesis and Super Nintendo composers didn't have that so they had to convey mood just through melody and that like that blows me away like some of the stuff that they've done like you think you think about um Something like uh, like the music from the beginning of Metal Gear, right? Yeah, so yeah. The very beginning of Metal Gear, like you know, you're you're sneaking around. It's uh, it's it's tense and it feels tense. Or like Castlevania, which does this like horror via heavy metal aesthetic perfectly and sets sets this tone really really well. You know, right? Um, that's really impressive to me. You know, I don't mean I, I don't know if that's a profound point, but it's neat. I mean, it's just one of those things because because you think of this music and you think of those melodies and you associate it like like with me, I associate it visually, um, or you know, just kind of or or with the experience of having played it. But like, how do you write to that? Like, okay, I want this to be like a somber, sad kind of thing, so I'm going to make it sound, sound kind of like a, kind of like a fugue, right? Mm-hmm. Like like like, are you just referencing things that are normally associated with other kinds of feels? Like. Oh, we want Earthbound to sound like a parody of American culture. So let's, you know, ape rock music from the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a consideration that is more, I feel like a little bit more nuanced. Like there's an extra layer to it. Right. You know, like I don't know if uh, when I say like 
telling you how to feel like if that expression comes across you know as something that makes sense no it it it, it does what doesn't make sense to me is that you say it in a negative way yeah well, it's just it's less <laughs> impressive to me okay right like it just seems easy mm-hmm. you know it seems easy and it doesn't stand on its own okay so like Music, like I get, and this is again, personal experience, but like music that is like, okay, this is a sad scene. So we have sad orchestra swells in it. It's like non-melodic. It's just textural. Mm-hmm. I can be watching the scene and it can add to the experience. A day later, I'm not going, it doesn't stand up on its own. Like I'm not going to listen to that. My life isn't a movie. You know, it's it's like, it feels disconnected from the medium. I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't disagree with personal experience. You know, I just, uh, I, I associate music anyway with mood. So anything that kind of like cuts right to that base of it and gets, you know, and, and gets right to it. I don't want to say that there's no, that there's no art in trying to evoke mood with, you know, a melody, you know, which is a series of notes in a different, you know, in, in a, in a particular rhythm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to say that there's no art to that, but I'm just wondering if that's, if that's referencing some kind of greater body, of, of, of like already established, uh, for lack of a better word, tropes, right? So, so elaborate. So you're saying if, if you're doing that, like you're, you're just making that earthbound decision, like you're just saying, we want to ape this, this, this specific style. So you're just kind of finding that style like that? Maybe or maybe not. I mean, and it might just be more simple, like, at, you know, or just like, I'm, I'm, I'm completely missing the point. Like, oh, this is a Mega Man, you know, this is a Mega Man soundtrack and we want you to like, you know, it's a really fast paced level. So we 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 got to give it this kick and snare beat, right? Or, you know, like, oh, it needs to be shredding these particular arpeggios, like, like, like making it like that. So, so, so I, so I guess to me, the end result is always the mood. The end result is always the mood, but like, when I think like compositionally, Mm-hmm. Right. So I think about something like, um, you know, portraying like the like the music from Starflight, mm-hmm. which I'll, I'll cut in here, which is an underrated Genesis port of like a, a pretty good PC game, um, conveys the, like the, the mood of the game really well. You know, and it that's impressive to me in a way that like a textural thing is not like because it, because you have you, you are lacking a tool, mm-hmm. you know, that you would have otherwise like it's doing it with one arm like. Old video game music is the drummer from from Def Leppard. <laughs> New video game music is just you know Neil Peart. You know, and like I like Neil Peart. It's not even Neil Peart. It's like it's like uh, uh, fucking Tori Amos's team of percussionists. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like it's like yes, you can do anything. Of course, you can do anything. Like if you need to make a, a something sound dramatic, like do a little, you know, on, on the on the drum. Yeah. I can do that. I just did it. Like yeah. everybody can do that. But if you sit down and, and come up with like, what are the notes that are going to evoke this? Mm-hmm. Like Mega Man is a bad, is, is a bad example of what I'm talking about because yeah. all of those songs kind of convey the same mood, which is know? move right and shoot shit. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and, and they're really good songs, I think. Yeah. And that's, what's impressive to me about those, but they're not mood music. Well, like all, and, all you have to think of is, uh, you know, we, we did the Mac venture series, right. And the music that was composed for a lot of those for the NES, like that, like the, like the, the, that's kind of getting at what we're talking about. Totally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like think about, think about like the beginning of shadow, uh, shadow, uh, gate, like that, you know, um, you know, foreboding, like adventure, like scary castle, mm-hmm. you know, and it just does it with, with, it's not, you know, which would be, which would, it just feels easier to me, mm-hmm. you know, and that makes it easier for me to discount. Oh yeah, like definitely. In the experience, I think that you're right, that they're, mm-hmm. they're 
can be non-interchangeable, but one of them creates a form of art I want to listen to on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can sit down and listen to old video game music and it's a song and I like it, you know, yeah. whereas the swells from like, uh, like, like, for example, like, um, and when we were going back and forth on the notes, we talked about Silent Hill 2. Uh-huh. Do I think Silent Hill 2 would work with an 8-bit soundtrack? Fuck no. <laughs> do, do, do I think it's an amazing game? I, I absolutely love it, right? Uh-huh. Um, but like if you were to just take like the, the sound that plays in the background of when you're wandering around the apartment, mm-hmm. like that doesn't stand on its own for me yeah. as a thing. And, 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 and I'm just wondering if this is a difference in approach as, as, as this quickly becomes Cole and Gary argue about music in the way that we argue insofar as this is actually arguing, because like, I actually will listen to ambient music like that of my own volition, like while I'm doing other shit. You know? So like when you when you want your, you know, your other shit to have like the kind of psychosexual overtones <laughs> that can only be brought on by the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack. When, 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 the, when the silence is unbearable and I can hear my own thoughts, but I can't stand to have anything with words like lyrical music or podcasts involved because I'm, you know, writing or something, right? Like I need to have some kind of music up and I have a playlist that has all of my favorite video game music, uh, which happens to mostly be ambient like that. And that, 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 that is on there. And I think like, oh, I remember where this was. And then I go, then I go on about my day and whether that makes me Kenny G versus your, uh, Miles Davis or Coltrane, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Like I was, I, don't I, know if, I was yeah, putting together I, my list and, and like, I was kind of like, man, my, my stuff is kind of pussy music. Not, you know, not, not to be denigrating to women, but, uh, but right. it's kind of like, oh, like mo- most of this is relatively recent, relatively amelodic. And if it does have a melody, it's fairly soft. So I'm I'm not sure what that says about me or the way I enjoy these things, or if we're even talking the same language here, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. And like I said, I'm not. It's not a hill like we're you know we're arguing, but I'm not going <laughs> to go to war on it. Like it's not. I don't necessarily think I'm right. You know, arguing from experience as as we keep saying, but like, you know, I I think and we may be also appreciating things as a, as a, in another way because you come from a video background, yeah, a little bit. So you may be thinking of this as more holistic product. Mm-hmm. So to you, like. You create something like, you know, the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack and you, the visuals in the story are all just a big chunk and you can grab one of them and it reminds you of the other one and fills in the blanks. Right. Whereas like for me, it doesn't like, at least for like active engagement, like I'll, I'll listen to, to ambient music sometimes and, uh, but it's always like, it feels interchangeable. It's like classical radio in a way. Like I like classical music, but I don't get deep with it. Mm-hmm. Like I can just, I can put on radio and it's nice. And I like it. And there are certain pieces I really like, but I don't go deep with it because it just doesn't speak to me that way. Right. Um, it reminds me of that, I guess. Yeah. Like ambient music is, is that to me where it's like there aren't individual, there are very few individual songs that are like jumping out to me. Like, are there like, can you like what? So I mean, I'm not saying this to challenge you necessarily or to, to invalidate it, but like, mm-hmm. so there are songs on like the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack that are those ambient tracks. You're like, this is a good track. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is real good. Yeah, no, like, like like the sadness or the forest trail.
looking, you know, just looking here. Um, oh gosh, what's one of the longer ones? Uh, Die Patient is pretty good. Um, and then Hangers, like that's more of like a crazy, uh, uh, along with Faster. Like a lot of these are kind of panic-inducing, actually. Maybe I should probably look inward about whether I should have this playing so often. <laughs> well, are they, are they ambient or are they like, because there's not all the music in that game is, mm-hmm. is just textural. Yeah. You know, like it's not bleeps and bloops, but it's also not... Yeah, no, okay, no, no. So, so like sadness is pretty is pretty is pretty melodic, but um, but if you look at a lot of it, it's it's very percussive, and it's almost like industrial in a in a, in a certain way. Mm. Like in terms of ambient, it leans it leans more towards like Aphex Twin than Brian Eno, right? Right on. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's a definitely a different thing. When I say like old music, so I'm not talking about there's new music that is that is melodic without being bleeps and bloops like yeah because because we traffic in podcasts that are about old video games and then also dark souls <laughs> for some reason like i downloaded the dark souls soundtrack and i like that soundtrack a whole lot yeah you know like and it's i mean but those you know it's it's melody based while still having this whole orchestra available to it yeah and and also evokes evokes mood real well mm-hmm. so i mean i don't know if i like have a like a, a point that i'm making about this i just feel like it stands on its own better yeah, no, the, no. The, 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 that that is perfectly per- perfectly valid as something to pay attention to, as something to sit down and say, "I'm listening to this." <laughs> Do you see what I'm mm-hmm. doing? Yeah, no, no, definitely, it's, it, it it stands up further, much in the same way that I wouldn't listen to an Ockerville River track in the background, right? It's right. Kind of like, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna damn well listen to this thing, right? Right. So it probably, probably yeah. has a little bit to do with like how I appreciate. Like I'm very active in my music appreciation anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I don't usually, you know, I don't. I, I have, and this is, doesn't have anything to do with video games or the show, but like my, you know, music to mood connection is weaker than most people I know. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I end up kind of like saying it's intellectual makes it think that it makes it sound like I'm actually thinking about the notes and, and considering it. But it's more like I just, I, I you know, I have more of a, a brain connection to music than a heart connection to music. Yeah. So things like that, you know, don't, don't always work um, on me, like as well as they seem to for other people. You know, that makes me sound real aspy. No, I know no. that's not a term I should use, but like <laughs> the uh, ableist. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, that's uh, that's true. I just get I get distracted by it so easily and I like dive into it. Right. You, you know, so if I if I have it on, I'm going to pay attention to it. Right. And and like if it's it, 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 this is like a weird thing about me. I don't know what it says, but like if it's a song that I'm fairly certain that I will be able to play on guitar mm-hmm. or sing, I'll be like, oh, let me find the tabs on that. So yeah, like, I do. I do that too. So so it's like it's it's really like it's just something where I just like I avoid the I avoid it sometimes because like I will I will all of a sudden become fixated on trying to reproduce it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is which can be fun in its own in yeah. its own way. Like one of the ways that um, the other thing that I you know when so we're, ta- we're if we're clarifying our terms like I'm talking about like melody focused music um, that like is active listening which you know narrows this down almost to the point of being meaningless but <laughs> the uh one of the interesting things about it um is that uh, uh it can can kind of conspire and shore up like the weaknesses of the technology <laughs> so like i was i was trying to think of ways like uh i've been talking to a you know super fan will and we've been talking about um uh, spec ops in regards to ways that like narrative and gameplay communicate and like there are definitely games where they don't and there's no reason for them to. But I was trying to think of a good way, like a game that tied music into that real well. And uh, the scene and the thing I thought of was uh, Final Fantasy VI. So like 
the scene when you are, uh, you know, right when the world of ruin begins, um, that is this weird, perfect storm of every element of a game as an object. So like not as a movie, not as anything else. There's no mistaking it for anything other than a game, um, coming together perfectly to like support itself. Right. So like you, you're, you're walking through the world. It's like really, you know, the, the color palette is muted when you're visiting locations, they're dark. Um, the, the gameplay is working for it because previously when you were fighting, you know, tough enemies, now enemies are showing up to battle about to die, right. you know, and pre-poison, right? So, like, it has that, that kind of, like, gameplay element to it. And then the music, like, when I think back to that music that, that first plays when, when you get there, like, it, it helps complete that picture in a way that, you know, something that's so abstracted by the nature of the medium can't do on its own, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, can you think of any other like really good examples of that where like uh, like music is used to shore up that kind of uh, you know and kind of create that perfect triangle of play, vision, and sound? So my example doesn't doesn't fit the entire triumvirate, right? Okay. So you, so you said you know vi- visual, audio, and gameplay, and th- this one has a pretty weak gameplay component, I have to admit. But uh, but and it's more recent too. But dear Esther, honestly. Mm. Like and and again, like pretension cranked up to the max. That's not so much a game as it is like a like a, like a uh, an interactive poem, mm-hmm. you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and so, but but that music is just so perfectly encapsulated, and, and just like it tell again. Maybe maybe I'm just adult who doesn't know what to feel and when, but just like that drives <laughs> you forward, right? And like it complements. The, the, the dialogue that you're hearing and kind of the desolation that you're watching as you kind of like proceed forward. And a lot of it has like this really, um, I don't want to say plotting, but very determined feel to it with this, you know, so some kind of like crazy things that are happening in the pads and kind of like weird sound effects, ambient kind of things, atmosphere builders, right? Right. That, that, that are kind of like tickling off in the distance. And th- that just feels so perfectly aligned with what that game is, which is like you're moving forward, you have these chords, this very simple, you know, three or four chord progression through most of the game with, you know, matching that determined path and then all these kind of distractions and all these kind of like things that you can just pay attention to tertiary to, 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 you know, to, to the main thing. It just feels so complimentary, right? Right. Like, I mean, I like, so two, like two things about that that I would think of is like, one, it's always makes me uncomfortable to think of Dear Esther when I'm thinking about <laughs> any games, because I mean, we, and we talked about, and I like that game a lot. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, but it is, it is the barest definition of a game. It's a game. If a choose your own adventure game book is a game, right. which I think it is, but it's, it's barely a game. Right. The other thing I can say is like, I remember, so I love that experience. I bet you the music had that effect on me in the time and place. Yeah. I don't remember it. Like, I couldn't hum a bar for you. Yeah. Okay. I, if, 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 I, if I could hit the note, I would. Yeah. Like, if send it to me, and I'll, I'll definitely cut it in. Yeah. You know, here. But, uh, and that's and it's a good example of it, like, having a tone that fits what you need to be doing. So, in as much as there is gameplay, like, I would say that that fits. Yeah. No, and, and, and that's true. I agree with everything you're saying. It is, it is, it is quite barely a game, but, uh, but it, it fits in a way that like sticks with me and you know i i do remember it not just because i listen to it a lot but uh just that just that very that very experience of having gone through it is pretty pretty sticky pretty would you sticky. say so so looking at your examples of things that you consider to be kind of counterpoints to uh 
the the mood thing. Like, there's only one mood that lends itself to this atmospheric music you're talking about. Like, all of the games that you have on your list are lonely and sad, right? <laughs> so, like, would you say that the ability for games to be lonely and sad is something that is also married to new technology? Like, that's something, or at least not, I mean, at least chronologically so. Chron- like, that's an aesthetic that we didn't really tap. Well, I mean, you you said Metroid earlier. I mean, Metroid and Super Metroid, they have they they have that going for them in spades, right? They do, but they're definitely the exception. Yeah, like I can't think of another eight bit game that feels lonely and sad other than Metroid. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and, and like you, you get up to like Mist, which is which is the magnum os- the magnum opus of solitude. Right, 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 right. So, so, so you, 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 you may have a point. What that says about me personally that I keep on harping on that is like, holy shit, this is this is the best it's gonna get. I, right. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But you, you, you could have something there. But that, but that, that has that. that I think that might be just like a, a direct, a, a direct result to the fact that they have ten minutes, they have fifteen minutes to put these tracks together and let them let let, let them breathe. You can't have a four bar loop that feels quite as uh, desolate as those do. It's kind of weird, though, because, like, Metroid is proving as the example to break that and my point. (laughs) Because, like, Metroid is the lonely and sad game that is old, and the opening credits to Metroid, like, that opening scroll scroll is short and gets that mood across really, really well. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, And is just, like, a really neat composition as well. Like, it kind of switches into these, like you know, double, you know, shuffling beat, like, partway through. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of interesting. So, like, when I'm talking about uh, these things, but, I mean, there are, you know, uh, parts of games or old music that communicate that wistfulness or that um, sadness through through melody that I'm talking about. For the most part, though, we're kind of, like, and I, I swear we didn't, you know, <laughs> I realized that to the audience, like, we've definitely been talking, I mean, especially me, been talking <laughs> out of my ass for, like, this entire time, and, like, I imagine I'm going to listen back to this and be embarrassed as hell. <laughs> but the uh, uh, we might be talking about an issue of genre that's more true. than anything else. Yeah, well, you know, and that's definitely changed as well. So like, you know, bouncy kind of uh, platformy stuff doesn't exist so much anymore. No. you know, in the same way it used to. And 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 that kind of melodic music. I mean, we, we've talked about the Hans Zimmer singularity. Maybe maybe this atonal lonely stuff is the is is, is the. <laughs> is the thing that exists outside of that now melodic music turned into this highly orchestral you know the the the, the halo chanting monks right right where, right, right. where, where whereas this kind of bucks that and and indie games even buck that because you know they they, they kind of go back to these kind of eight bit aesthetics look at uh you know look at sword and sorcery or you right. know, or, or, or something like that right so 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 me <laughs> i don't know maybe i just like it because it bucks that and doesn't go right into okay this is going to be a full orchestra and and I don't want that the full orchestra either. Like right. I think we're both in agreement yeah. <laughs> that we're not like that sucks. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that is a and, and who you know, God help you if you can tell that shit apart. Right. You know, like if that even if it sticks with you after you're done, mm-hmm. you know. Like uh I think about uh you know, so I mean I guess if I'm not willing to stand on this hill as far as like I mean it's more impressive to me to compose a melody than it is to create a texture. Right. And but I, I, if I'm not going to stand on that, that hill, I will stand on the hill that, like, modern game music is less memorable, at least. Yeah. You know, like, I look at my favorite games of this year and, like, God help me if I could remember, like, the music in Dishonored. Yeah. You know, if I heard it, it would probably bring me back, but I couldn't tell you what it is now, mm-hmm. you know, by any means or, like, and any, any you know, uh, uh, 
like you know there with a few exceptions like deus ex 3's music when it quoted deus ex <laughs> i knew it you know yeah. um so i mean i guess maybe that's what i'm really railing against I don't, no, I don't know. No, no I, I, I think that's there. A lot of this modern music is like Teflon because it's like stuff we hear a lot of other places, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not incompetent. It's just not as, uh, gosh, earwormy is so reductive. Well, um, it's, it's not about video games. No, it's, it's not. About being a, it's about simulating an experience of a movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's maybe what is, is wrinkles me so much and is getting me mm-hmm. so flustered about this is that yeah. like – what I appreciate, and you see this, it's not just old. Like you look at Sword and Sorcery, like Sword and Sorcery is very much a video game, mm-hmm. and it is in love with being a video game, and that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, like all, and when you find a game where all of the elements uh, put together, you know, put together and, and make that work, um, and it's it's content with being a video game, like that makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we can agree that older music is more memorable. I, 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 I think we both can. If, if I look at the list of my raves and faves, there, there, there's a distinct break around the early 2000s where the, where the best stuff that I can think of comes from you know a, a handful of very niche kind of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree with that. I wonder if too, like just in being 100% uh, self-critical, if any of it just comes with, uh, like, you know, the, the golden age of comics is, is 12, the idea, like, this is just music that we came into when we got into video games, yeah. and that's why it's resonating so much? Oh, I, I, w- I would say 80, 85%. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's, I mean, that's probably a, a big part of it. Yeah. Well, fuck, I thought <laughs> I had a point. <laughs> no, no, I, but, but, I, but I think, you know, it's, 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 it's like arguing, like, you know, is, you know, Neil Young versus Pearl Jam or something like that. Like, well, like, Neil Young. I, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, yeah, I, I, I like know that. that. Real easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, <laughs> but I, 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 I guess what I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bigger Neil Young fan than Pearl Jam fan. Fuck. Why would I? Neil Young versus Radiohead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there we go okay there we go better example okay that's a that's a better place to put it i like both of them i like one more than the other it's like a neil young papa roach (laughs) it's it's a neil young power man 5000 no i was was only thinking that uh, i was only thinking of that because because neil young so informed all all of that kind of grunge music at that time right 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 Right? so 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 i was thinking of it like in, in a tangential kind of way um, you know, so, so there, there, there was a rhyme or reason to it. No, no, I know. I'm just kidding. okay. No, that's funny. I, know, that's funny. <laughs> I just don't want to sound like some kind of fucking clod. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we are clearly out of our depth. I don't know. <laughs> this episode, watch out for fireballs. <laughs> Listen up. to us flounder. Just <laughs> the bubbles. The bubbles keep on bubbling. <laughs> um, yeah, but um. So I'm looking at the notes. I'm trying to figure out where we left off because we we walked down a garden trail for that. Yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty much we've more or less uh, wrapped up that section. One of the things that ties into this and is just kind of tangentially related. And I want to talk about some exceptions kind of in the back half. But like yeah. uh, uh, the, uh, you know, PC music was able to emulate, you know, uh, you know, movie music sooner, which is why I feel like most PC music had has kind of weaker music and had weaker music. There's definitely some, some counter examples to this. I think that might be why when people think back to, you know, classic video game music, very few people are thinking about, you know, uh, like the music from Duke Nukem, <laughs> like the original Duke Nukem or anything like that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. And, hmm, hmm. 
I mean, we, we keep going back to this example, but it's the, but it's the high gravity sci-fi planet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> it's like, it's uh you know, like some kind of Darwinian super world where everybody had to fight to survive and creates these, you know, hype, like hype, hyper sexy death beasts compared, <laughs> com, you know, com, com, compared with the alloy from the time machine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I like that, that I'll say, and the, like PC music kind of came to this before console did just because of the, the technology limitations, but, uh, dynamic mixes, right? Yeah. Look at, uh, look at loom or, uh, uh, secret of monkey Island too. Right. Amazing music in both those amazing both those music that responds yep. to what you're doing on screen. Right. Yeah. And, and, yep, yep. and, you know, I, I couldn't find a specific example because a lot of it, a lot of it is, in, in, you know, mood building, you know, texture building. But like when you walk from screen to screen in those, like it's mixing the music as, as it goes. It's finding some kind of common key or common tempo. I'm not exactly sure what it is. And you don't notice it unless you unless your attention is drawn to it, like that that particular thing is happening. But uh, right. it's, it's 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 tremendous. And it's something that happens so much nowadays. Um, one, it, one really interesting thing, like I downloaded the the Portal Two soundtrack, yeah, thinking it would be songs <laughs> the same way it is when you're playing the game, but yeah. it's all like 45 second sound bites that are sometimes layered onto one another to create, you know, kind of song experiences. Yeah, and individually they're neat, mm-hmm. but it's not like listening to music. It's like listening to this weird shuffle play, you know, like somebody froze music with in, with a uh, dry ice and then cracked it with a hammer. Yeah, you know. Um, the, 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 one you're talking about, are you talking about songs to test to? Um, I don't know. I'd because have to look it up. I think that that like, like the, the one that I have is the one, the one where it's mixed up and I don't quite know that I like it as much as, if, as, as like the experience of like listening to it as I played. I don't like right? it nearly as much. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. And, and we, and we can go into, you know, that, that that's almost like a sound effect thing. Each of the different puzzle elements adds its own part to the melody, which is pretty cool. But mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking specifically about, uh, about Shadow of the Colossus as well. That, 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 that soundtrack is, is a soundtrack. God, Jack Chick didn't write them. <laughs> no, that, that soundtrack, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's wonderful. There are these awesome orchestral pieces. And I would say that that is one of the exceptions to the rule, but just the, you, you know, you, you associate those different themes with different parts of these different boss fights. Right. Right. And, right. and, and their ability to, their ability to succeed is like, I'm at the top of this guy. I'm on the top of the roll about to win. Oh, I got knocked down. And now the, now the mix changes. Right. 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 Yeah. Same thing yeah. with the uh, sword and sorcery, uh, that if you download that, uh, soundtrack off of iTunes, like that mm-hmm. is, like, they, they, they took all the individual parts and they mixed them into actual compositions. Most of that music there, A, it was composed at MTV Music Creator, which is bug nuts insane. Yeah, that's um, really odd. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jim Guthrie, he was like, he was like sick and injured at the time. Like he couldn't play guitar. So he picked that up and that's where he composed most of that music. Really interesting story. But, um, you know, the, the, those are, most of those are discrete parts that you are triggering by the, by, by what you're doing. Mm-hmm. dynamic mix it's an awesome awesome thing it, it is real neat and it's it adds like a an element of like randomness and and kind of a replayability to the music you know um that isn't ordinarily there but i think it does stand like like you said the same thing with that sword and sorcery like i would agree with you that like having a complete kind of authored version of it for just non-video game listening mm-hmm. like but this dynamic mix is like we can talk when we talk about the interse- intersection of sound and gameness is a real gamey way to do sound yeah. Right. Like that, that's something that you don't see in a movie 
Like, I mean, I guess, like, themes come in and out whenever the ring is on screen, the ring theme plays yeah. for a second. So it's, it's you know, a little bit like that, but you're not in control of it. So having that direct ability to uh, to do that. It's, um, it's really feedback, but, right? Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that games allow you to do. You know, you know make make your own melodies on the fly and things like that. Just look at a game like uh, Sound Shapes or, or, or whatnot. there's a whole other side to this which is not just music but audio in general um and sound effects and that is what we're going to do on the other side of this vinyl so as we said at the beginning of this episode um this episode is brought to you by audible.com and uh, for you our dear listeners audible is giving offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their awesome service um for this episode we wanted to say uh you know, stay in theme. And uh, I'm going to say, uh, let's do uh, Musicphilia by Oliver Sacks. Yes. Um, this is, I have not, I've read other books by Oliver Sacks. I haven't actually read Musicphilia, which is insane because I really like this kind of brainy overanalyzation of appreciation of music. Yeah. Um, but that guy is a national treasure. Yes. Like, if, if you li- ever listen to Radio Lab, mm-hmm. like, Radio Labs are great episodes, and then Oliver Sacks comes on and says something that totally blows your fucking mind. Mm. Like, o- Oliver Sacks, so, so a story about this guy and, and his work. So, the only, like, so I'm not a guy who, who media makes cry, right? <laughs> like, I can watch a sad movie. I didn't cry when Earth died. Um, like, I don't, you know, that doesn't happen to me uh, for the most part. Like, every once in a while, I'll dude mist a little bit. But I, it's very rare that I cry. Yeah. And uh, one of the only times in recent memory a piece of media made me cry was an episode of Radio Lab, where they're talking. It's about memory, and they're talking to Oliver Sacks about his book, um, and a situation where I think it's the, uh, uh, it's not the man who mistook his wife for a hat. I th- it might be in that in that book. Yeah. Um, this guy who has a, a condition where he has no long term memory, mm-hmm. and his short term memory is limited to about fifteen seconds or something like that. Jesus. Have you, have you listened to that, Cole? No, no, I have not. Um, it's got this scene where this guy is, and he's in a, a hospital, and his uh, the only thing he can remember is his wife. And he doesn't remember anything about her or that she visited yesterday. He just recognizes her. Right. And they play audio of her coming to the hospital room <sighs> and listening to the sound of his voice and how happy and desperate and scared and saved he sounds <sighs> about it. Like, I'm on a bus and I'm bawling. And like that doesn't like it doesn't happen to me, right. um, you know. But like, deeply affected me, right. um, you know. And it's just it, the, he finds like the 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 human like the heart side of human you know science stuff in a really interesting way. He's he's like the Carl Sagan of the brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's a great way to put it, you know. Um, so he and he wrote a fucking book on music, <laughs> and that's awesome. And I I'm you know I need to need to read that. So I, I don't like recommending things I haven't read. But uh, I thought this would be a really cool thing, and I'm planning to check it out. It's a pretty so be, safe bet. <laughs> yeah, it's super safe bet, and and definitely on topic. So yeah. So if they like, if they wanted to check this out, if they wanted to take your word for it, what would they do? 
Uh, well, um, you would go to, uh, you know, in order to get this free audiobook, you go to audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. I'll repeat that one more time. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs for your free audiobook. We suggest Musicphilia. But let's say you wanted to get, you know, uh, Dirty Sex and Rat Tales, the Tommy Lee story, <laughs> or, uh, you know, Aerosmith's Love, you know, Success in an Elevator, <laughs> living it up, <laughs> living it up while you're, you know, Clowning around <laughs> the Aerosmith story, you know, <laughs> or, or, you know, Martin Page, 12 Steps to Building Your Own House of Stone and Light. Like any, any of those things, any music related thing that you want to get, do it up. I just love how we've set our sights so squarely on Aerosmith. Those guys can go fuck themselves. Like I, <laughs> they've built, they, they, they've built this paper mache empire. We're, we are going to take it down chip by chip. We are playing the long con. We are not interested in talking video, about video games. We just want you to not like Aerosmith as much as possible. Like, <laughs> So welcome to side B of this very special episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, where we talk about video game sound. This is going to be a master class, unlike Gary's. This isn't based on experience. This is based on cold, <laughs> hard research. Cold, hard research. Cold, hard research. Get, get ready for some cold, hard facts about game sound. <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm, I'm not climbing around here. I'm Stone Cold. All right. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Stone Cold Cold Cold. Stone, yeah. stone Cold Stone Cold Creamery. <laughs> you should name your nutsack that if you haven't named it anything yet. That's great. <laughs> um, I I was initially decided on truth and justice, but I might uh... Stone Cold Creamery, dude. Yeah, like it's perfect. Like it, love it. No, gotta have it. <laughs> I think you mean Cold Stone Creamery. Yeah, that, that's what I said. No, you said you, you said you said Stone Cold Creamery. Oh, okay. That's yeah. the Stone Cold Steve Austin ice cream yes. franchise that no one ever visits. <laughs> he is a sad, sad man. So <laughs> buy my ice cream, you jabroni. <laughs> that was the Rock. <laughs> oh, fuck what? <laughs> Where is that coming from? <laughs> Middle school. All right. <laughs> oh man. So. <laughs> <laughs> just like with music, uh, video games sound kind of a story of limitations, right? It's a Cinderella story, right? Mm -hmm. Like we talked about that, 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 that arcade ambiance and like what you hear in those scenes, like of like, you know, music, no, not music of like television and movies. Um, you know, whenever anybody's playing any kind of video game, it's like a cross between Yars Revenge and Pac-Man and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it's this tapestry of sound effects, right? And, and, and like that, that, that's because these sound effects were being made like instructionally, right? It was kind mm -hmm. of like, if you wanted to make this thing that sounded like somebody jumping, whatever that sounds like, or <laughs> picking up a coin or something, that, that was something you had to compose. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's like music in its way, right? Uh, you just, uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to derail us, but you just <laughs> unlocked something in my head. Yeah. Like, why do we think there's a jump sound effect? Yeah. Like, who, who <laughs> came up with that? What a weird thing. Like, I understand that just the music is in an arc the same way a jump is in an arc. Uh -huh. But what a weird thing to conceptualize, like the sound of jumping. It's, I mean, it's, I'm, not, it's, I'm not stoned. No, no, it, like, you're, you're, you're right. <laughs> this was something I was thinking of, too, but it's, it's almost like this interface element. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it, it, it's, it's another route of feedback that I, I, th I think may or may not um, cut deeper than visual feedback. Like, you press a thing and it makes sure that it 
and, and and you see it jump like okay he's jumping but kind of like for you know force feedback like uh, you know the rumble pack in your n64 controller sure. like like what that added there so think about when you shoot a gun right you see the muzzle flash you hear the pow, 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 and you feel it rumble right mm-hmm. like i can only i can only imagine that it was just as important for them to add that burn to the to, to the uh to the jump as it was to add the rumble to the you mm-hmm. know firing a gun in goldeneye right Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 no, you, that 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 gets into something that I uh, that that is later on in the coursework, but uh, but but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for those working ahead, yes, for for those of you who are reading ahead, do not. Um, yeah, but um, you know, but just like with music, as the technology kind of increased in what it could display, um, you have more detailed things. Duh. Right. And and well that and that also ties into that point I was talking about, like about video games getting less about video games. Like yeah. you increase fidelity and you you lose that layer of abstraction to it. So, you yeah. know, everything just sounds like realistic, you know, fully yeah. work. And yeah. uh yeah. And just like with music, it was kind of like, okay, is this made programmatically or do like did we just go to a firing range and record every single weapon imaginable? For this. Mm-hmm. And and I know I'm leaning on like the weapons and stuff because that's uh, you know, a just a really potent example. There are other, you know, kind of, kind of things. Uh, well, it's real common. About. I mean, the, the yeah. nature of the beast and the nature of when, uh, so when this became a thing was when shooters were, you know, arguably at their top. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So like when, when it became feasible to just kind of, te- you know, record in the field, what kind of sound effects we wanted mm-hmm. that was in our, you know, kind of modern uh, shooter based, shooter dominated video game economy, mm-hmm. in the land of call of duty. <laughs> Or the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> when uh, when you were playing like you know these these games that we now consider like retro, what TV were you playing them on? Do you like do you remember like a maker model? No, I, I definitely don't remember a maker model yeah. and and kind of various TVs. Um, yeah. You know, old even at the time. <laughs> like I played most of my Nintendo and Super Nintendo games on a black and white TV. Mm-hmm. That was a was a hand me down. Yeah. So I didn't you know. I didn't understand, you know, the color of some of these things for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I thought I was playing the Ninja Turtles comic instead of Turtles in Time. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I just, I, I, again, growing up on a high gravity planet. Um, no, I, I, I was playing on a, a 13 inch Zenith, which mm-hmm. I think only had a mono speaker because I don't remember stereo or mono making like that, that, that huge of a difference. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, that's what these games are being designed for. Whereas now you have games that are being designed for, you know, Dolby 7.1 systems, right? Yeah, it's a super fascinating uh, thing that applies to other mediums, too. So, like, you you listen to bands like, um, you know, that that will make albums that will come out and they design them to sound good on iPods, Mm -hmm. you know, with, like, this kind of, uh, you know, not as big a range. Like, it's not, you know, you you design something to play differently on on a record player than you would on an iPod. Or like I think about when I edit this show and uh, I have a pretty shitty pair of headphones. And part of the reason I justify that, other than the fact that every time I buy a good pair of headphones, they die, <laughs> um, is that like a lot of people just listen to things on shitty headphones. Right. You know, so like making it sound good for that market is is what, you know, part of what I'm looking for. Like go even more granular. Look at songs that are designed to sound good in a ringtone. Yeah. Yeah, which are kind of similar to songs that are designed to sound good on an NES game. Yeah, full circle. Much. Like it has to be a short loop and catchy. Yeah, you know, an all melody. Uh huh. 
but, yeah. but 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 yeah, I mean, just kind of like you know, you, 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 you the the TV we used during the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, exactly. Like we had that exactly. perfect, yeah, yeah well, exactly. Like looking at it in terms of display, when you play an Atari game or even an NES game in an emulator, you're not seeing it the way that it was meant to be seen, right? Right? There, there's supposed to be blur. There's supposed to be RF interference. There's supposed to be all kinds of just like things that that are not a, a, a grid, a matrix of different color values, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, people get real audiophile about that shit though, and, and get kind of crazy about it as well. They, they, like it's still, you know, it's it's one aspect of a, of a larger thing. They do, but when we played Super Mario RPG on, you know, for, for 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 earlier in the show, like playing it on a high definition television, it looked like bullshit when I don't remember it looking that way. And I took it and I and I connected it to one of my old CRT TVs, and it looked more like I remembered it being. There's a qualitative difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, I'm not saying it's not in, it's not insignificant. Yeah. You know, or it's not significant. Uh, I thought I had a win. Fuck. No. No, you have a win. I'm not saying it's not, it's not significant. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I get annoyed by people getting up their ass about oh, yeah. enjoying media the way it's supposed to be enjoyed. Yeah. No. In no, this no, way that, that loses the content. The, the, you know? The, the, the author is dead and the medium is dead. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Is the message. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. But the message so, is dead. <laughs> don't but, kill the message. But, but but you get this awesome thing like you know with the with the with the evolution of like mono to stereo to surround right so like mm. mono thing is happening like okay mm. it might be somewhere stereo is it left to you, is it left of you is it right to you and surround like all of a sudden this is this the only 3d thing about this experience right you know right like 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 what was your first like experience with surround sound in, in a game have you had one yet um, no, I, I definitely have. I don't, I've never had something that, you know, I've never had a rig that does it. It was probably playing like a, a real early kind of version of this. Um, and, and I could be, I could be wrong about this. I could be misremembering, mm-hmm. but the, the first time I remember noticing something like that was playing uh time, like one of the time splitters games Oh yeah, yeah. over at a, at a friend's house yeah. and he had like a pretty impressive audio setup. I could see that. Um, I don't like, it's not, I don't want to say I don't care for it. Mm-hmm. But it definitely takes some getting used to. Yeah, you know, it, it's definitely it's it's a it's a you're, you're you're right on the money when you say it's the only thing about the experience that's 3D. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it it has an element that can kind of take me, kind of remove me from the game a little bit. Yeah. You know, no, uh, yeah, a, a little bit. It does get kind of uncanny valley, especially when the mix isn't that good. Not a lot of games have really great you know five one mixes. Right. Um, right. And that's just a matter of like, um, I find that multiplayer games tend to do it better. Yeah, um, like time splitters. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, just like it's 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 just funny. You know, first person games came along, and almost by necessity, you needed to have this way to represent things that were happening outside of your sixty degree cone of vision, right? Mm. And that was a really effective way to do it. You know, when, when you're defining your entire medium by what's seen and what happens when you you know press a button and how that you know comes in visually, that, that, that that's another crucial source of information. And what, was, what I think well, so, one thing that's interesting though is that like I kind of get around that in a way, and I don't know if it's just my my brain filling in the blanks in the same way that our brain is constantly filling in the blanks, but I'll play something like Dark Souls, our perennial example, and something will come up behind me, and I I don't have surround sound. But I know that's what's happening. Yeah. Like I'm just hearing out of one channel and I know this thing is coming up behind me to yeah. the left because it's not in my foreground. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird, my brain is connecting the dots by yeah. process of elimination, like not in front of me to my right. It has to be, you know, 
back and to my right. And and, and there yeah. are crazy little, little tricks that you can do. So like if something is to the right of you and slightly in front of you, they can play the sound a little bit louder. And, and, and you know, it, if it's happening behind you, they play a little bit quieter mm-hmm. and you just kind of infer that that's what's happening. But but you're right. Like the like the majority of like when you when when you go to the to, to the GameStop to buy the MLG approved Turtle Beach wireless five one surround sound phones, those are actually like stereo, but they have this weird voodoo running that interprets it in a way that you can kind of like trick your brain into saying it is. Yeah, inter- fascinating. Oliver yeah. Sacks should write a book about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Sacks, Gameophilia. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my, my, my first experience with that, like where I knew it and I consciously like decided to like to make this Half-Life 2. Mm. Um, and that was just like mind blowing. Right. Mm-hmm. And just and just uh, I've, I, I haven't gone back. I'm still using that same surround sound system in my living room, no less um, as compared to my old office. But uh, but yeah, that's a, it's 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 a, it's a big deal. And again, increased fidelity um, adds a little bit to the gameplay. And, you know, there's stuff like, oh, I can hear this rocket coming, you know, in, 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 in Halo 2. There's that aspect of it. But, uh, you know, I don't think we care about that so much here. Right. And then you're playing Halo 2. <laughs> so one thing that's kind of uh, kind of interesting about this, and it's actually funny. Uh, that you mentioned uh, stereo. So like iPhone, iPhone headphones are stereo just by mm-hmm. nature of what they are. But there's this fantastic uh, iOS game called Papa Sangre. Yeah, I was going to bring that up if you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it, it is a game that you that you you don't look at the screen to play it, but you're navigating these rooms with these uh, challenges and dangers and things like that entirely by sound. Yeah, it's real neat, and there's nothing like it. Nothing at all. Like I've yeah. looked, I've looked specifically because I enjoyed this thing so much. Right. It's 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 real cool. So that's definitely a recommendation from from Cole and I. Like yeah. I've kind of gotten. I don't play as many new iOS games, but like when you know you could very well almost be listening to like watch out for an app purchases because like <laughs> Cole and I also came together over iOS games. Um, so yeah. What do you think about voice acting in games? Uh, you know, I, I think it, it, one of the things that's interesting about uh, voice acting in games, like I, my, the approach that I find, and it could be that the golden age of comic books is when you're 12 <laughs> kind of thing, is that uh, when things are fully text, I get impatient and want to skip through it, right? which breaks my immersion. Okay. Like I read a lot faster than I listen, mm-hmm. you know, like most people. So my kind of the what I want is uh, important things are voiced. And unimportant things are not. You, is my favorite ideal. You want Planescape all the time. I want Planescape. I want Fallout. Like that's. I mean, that ends up being my favorite thing because otherwise, I just end up like I'm skipping halfway through things. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of the times because a lot of times, I mean, oh, okay. the second part of your question is a lot of times it's really shitty. Let me let me let me clarify here because you said when something is fully text, but you mean when something is fully voiced, right? That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just like let's anybody who's listening, go back and and and, and fill that in. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, and be, because of my specific disabilities with, with, with sound and hearing, um, I, I always have to have the, 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 the subtitles on mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, it, the, the, that is weird when you are reading faster, like the entire line is up and it spoils it. Right. Right. So, yep. so experientially, if you're not like really, really into it, yes, that does break it. It depends on the thing though. So I think about something like the walking dead. And like The Walking Dead, I really appreciated not having subtitles on for. But The Walking, because I, the walking I, Dead, they, they also uh, expose the text uh, uh, after the, the audio comes on. Right, 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 right. 
right. So, so they, but I mean, like, I guess maybe that's what I'm talking about. Is I really appreciate that part of it because I would not wanted the inflection and everything to be ruined, right? And that emotional significance, but that's rare. Like, we can agree that that's a rare game that necessitates that kind of quality of voice acting and yeah. follows through with it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I I agree entirely, and it's funny that that is like a primarily PC uh, kind of experience. Oh, that that that's not accurate. It came out on all of that at once, so right. I, I, I rescind my point. Um, but uh, um, just as a point of trivia, do you know what the first uh, uh, voice acting in a video game was? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> pretend you're not looking at the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't looking at the notes at the time, actually. Okay, no, so. it's um, Stratovox, which was made by Sun Electronics. In uh, 1980, it was an otherwise unremarkable Galaga clone, um, or Galaxian clone at that point, I think. Um, but uh, but it had just the craziest vocals that made like Street Fighter II sound like comparable to us. Right, <laughs> it made Skater Die sound like. Street Fighter 2. Did Skater Die have uh, have have a sampled voice? Skater Die 2 did. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Specifically, I'm thinking of the amazing opening theme song, which, <laughs> are, are you familiar with that? No, no, I'm not. Here, here, get, let me give it to you for a second. incredible um <laughs> it's real real good yeah yeah my, my, my perennial example for bad uh digitized voice is the wayne's world uh uh game oh for yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's real rough but somebody's uh, gonna suggest that on abject suffering and i'm oh, gonna if, hate them <laughs> if, if they if they haven't already we've pretty much guaranteed that by now yeah. so well it's random though so we have a we, it's like we're playing <laughs> russian roulette with our time we have a chance to avoid like it um yeah. yeah but but like you know kind of like red book audio and i'm not referring to audio that only your mom reads um but you know rec- <laughs> re- recorded uh, that, that's that's what it's called if you didn't know no but, no i know i was just wondering <laughs> how long you were sitting on that joke <laughs> <laughs> I thought of it in the shower this morning. <laughs> um, no, but like Red Book Audio, um, voice acting was kind of the the the, the domain of uh, of PC, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, th- think about uh, early Lucas Arts, um, you know, Day of the Tentacle stuff like that, really good, you know, because mm-hmm. it was informed by Looney Tunes. Um, think about Mist, but Mist kind of gets into this weird area where like FMV was a thing in the '90s, and it's not now. Right. Right. And and it's not. Well, that's one of the reasons why I want to like I supported that Tex Murphy Kickstarter. Yeah. Because they're making an FMV game now. <laughs> and I I'm desperate to see what that looks like in 2012. Like what, you know, 2013 what an FMV game looks like. But like and you have you've got this in in the notes, but the interesting thing is like that's not really voice acting, it's just acting. Right. You know, it just it's just, you know, putting a camera in a room. And it's also something where games were not the multi-billion dollar you know, experiences that they are now. So no. it was very rare that you could get anyone above porn quality <laughs> or things like that. Like, well, watch some cutscenes from Phantasmagoria or something. Yeah. Hello, Curtis. You miserable, insane wretch. I'm not insane. But you know what your mother was. Not, not, not always. You're right. She wasn't always the violent, 
gibbering, drooling, lunatic she became. Was she? You drove her to it. I did not! I was only six years old! Yes, a six-year-old little monster who drove his poor mother to madness and finally to suicide. No! And just, uh, you know, and compare that to the voice acting of something like uh, Gabriel Knight 1, yep. right? So so they're mm-hmm. both Roberto Williams. They're both Sierra games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Gabriel Knight 2 is kind of surprisingly has pretty decent acting, but yeah. still is worse than the, the voice acting in Gabriel Knight 1. That's the thing. That's him fucking Curry. He, exactly. He, he so, couldn't like, do a new, a new Orleans accent to save his life, but he's still a really good actor. Totally. And buying <laughs> Tim Curry's voice is cheaper than buying Tim Curry to commit to this thing. <laughs> right. You know, so instead they got this weird Fabio guy who's fine. But it's not, you know, it's it's a, it's a order of magnitude worse. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for real. Uh, whenever I think of FMV games, I always think of the uh, Corpse Killer for the, oh, uh, yeah. for the Sega Saturn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Killer of Corpses. <laughs> yes, because why not? Um, I yeah, remember. Like, I, just think, uh, I remember thinking. I remember seeing the credits to that and thinking, like, oh my gosh, is this like based on a movie or something? And I and I came home. I was playing at my cousin's house actually weird family stuff um <clears throat> i came home to my stepdad and i was like hey do you have corpse killer because he had all these bootleg movies you know and it's kind mm-hmm. of like do you have this this the, this great thing like like what is that and it's like oh I, like i didn't realize that like they just put credits on the end of it because they wanted it to be a movie so bad right 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 <laughs> same like, with sewer sharks or whatnot yeah sewer shark or like the, the title of that is so funny it's like melon ball ball of melon baller you know, it's just like this thing that is already the, the 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 verb is already implied. Gary, Gary, Gary. Yeah. What if that's what they were going for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like clearly, it worked out for them. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> like, but um, but 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 it's one of those things. Like, there's such a thing as bad voice acting, and we've seen a oh, lot yeah. of it. Like, we we know what that feels like. We know what that looks like, and and and, and, and sounds like. And in games like StarCraft or whatever, where it's, you know, like, you know, five by five in the pipe, you know, right. <laughs> where it's just these little barks, that, that that doesn't matter one thing. But it has this whole other element, which is the quality of performance. The quality of the recording is going to be pretty much, you know, uh, standard, right? Right. But, 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 but the quality of the performance, that matters everything. There's the, there's the anecdote about Resident Evil where the director didn't speak English naturally. Right. <laughs> and, right. So, and so it was this weird, like Mr. Burns kind of quality where he was trying to direct this movie about himself, but he didn't know anything about it. The, the, uh, I love how that also gets inverted where like the Resident Evil voice acting has become this kind of legacy thing. Like the most recent Resident Evil game I played is five. And that weird little Weasley guy you run into in five has yeah. hilariously bad voice acting. Like, yeah. it's my extreme makeover. <laughs> like he's like the <laughs> crypt keeper more or less. Yeah. And and the uh, so that's just kind of become this like limitation of the performance of the time that has become like a, a desired effect, right. you know, of the series, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and and yeah, <laughs> it's 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 funny because you know Resident Evil at least, at least at the start adventure game, right? Yeah, you know it's yep, yep. it's it's alone in the dark, but with more gunplay, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. They just brought that out for Mac actually, alone in the dark. I really want to go play that. Um, it's, I, I it's been on my god list forever, but yeah, yeah. I, I own it. I have it. It's just, uh, it's, it's so ugly that you cannot stand to look, you have to look at it through a pinhole in a box. <laughs> like it, it's like the ugliest game. Yeah. So. Pretty, pretty much. Um, yeah. But adventure games had to thrive on that because their dialogue had to actually be good. And, uh, yeah. you, you yeah. saw that more in, you know, in American adventure games, uh, LucasArts and whatnot. Again, Looney Tunes, right? 
Yeah. Yes. I mean, some of it, and then some of it was like the, uh, you know, uh, uh, like the, you know, the more serious ones, like Police Quest or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's Sierra. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah Lucas Arts is definitely like uh, a more dig. cartoony. The Dig. Yeah. Yeah. The Dig or uh, um, Loom. Yep. Which I mean, Loom is a voice acted. Fuck. No, there, um, there's a version of. Oh, there Loom is a voice acted. acted. Shit, yeah. you're right. There's a patch version, and the voice acting is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about like our first like really good examples of voice acting in in, in games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like full like fully voice acting. Yeah, is hard. yeah, yeah. Like like, like 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 where that's where they were going for, right? That's difficult. Like, and this is not the first one by far because I don't remember the first one. But right. the first thing that pops in my mind in like a Rashok Inkblot test kind of <laughs> way is uh, Dark Corners of the Earth. Oh wow, that's late. It is. It's real late, but I, yeah. you know, I, it probably just speaks more to the kind of games I play. Right. You know, uh, uh, like, uh, like it's, it's, you know, like I've seen on, you know, so you got great Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Three. Grand Theft Auto three. Like they like, and, and, and that's because they got like talent in, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to say that Colin McLaughlin is a list talent by any stretch of the imagination. And my mind is, I mean, blue velvet twin peaks, you do no wrong. Like, right. I, don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care how many showgirls you do after Twin Peaks, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, but I just like, they, they were obviously going for that Tarantino kind of feel, right? We're yeah. like, we're going to make this thing a movie, but it was good voice acting and it was well directed. So I, I play, I played that game. That's probably my first as well. Yeah. I, I felt like I'm, but it's, it's so hard for me to get that, you know, remembering if something is fully voice acted or selectively voice yeah. acted. Because, because um, you feel it, because, because you talk to yourself in your head and those voices. Absolutely. Right? That's exactly what it is. Like I'm thinking about possibly the Blade Runner PC adventure game might be fully voice acted. Yeah. And if so, that, that I remember the voice acting in that game being really good. But then again, I mean, it very well could have just been important scenes. The more I think about it, the more we need to play that game. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I would. I know, love to. I, know, I know we're adventured out, but like, I've 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 heard other shows talking about it, and yeah, like, it's, it's great. Yeah, no, just the way it's like kind of like randomized and everything. Fuck, yeah, yeah, it's real neat. <laughs> like we can, we'll definitely do it at some point. Like I, you know, it's it's real neat. Yeah, um, the the other one, um, Indigo Prophecy. For you know, you know, for, for for as atrocious as the voice acting in Heavy Rain is, um, Indigo Prophecy has really really good voice acting from what I can remember. We know it probably wasn't premeditated. And it wasn't done for money. What's your theory? Several elements match the M.O. of a ritual killing or mystical trance. The choice of weapon, the killer's cutting himself, the manner in which the victim was stabbed with precise cuts to the heart. All this points to a religious sacrifice. He might be a Satanist or something like that. Do you think there's much chance he'll kill again? We don't have enough information to determine that right now. He might do it again tomorrow, or we might never hear from him yeah. again. Yeah, I, I remember it doesn't stand out for me, but I don't remember it being offensive. And yeah. I remember liking the game a lot. And if it was offensive, I wouldn't have probably. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, and, and, and something that is kind of like helped by that, like they, they paid a lot of attention to the animation and that. Yeah. Like yeah. so much so. And that um, that can help if you have bad animation, like character animation especially, uh, that will make your good voice acting suck a lot. You, well, you look at something like, um, even though we both like the game and like the voice acting, you look at something like The Longest Journey, yeah. Which um, it doesn't the, the animation is not terrible, but the fact that the characters are like a step above out of this world, you know, as far as their like graphical fidelity, definitely hurts in how it looks. Like it almost feels like you're listening to an audiobook while watching abstract art. As I said that thing that I said that I wrote earlier, I thought about Metal Gear 
where you yeah. have these dolls that are moving their heads. They have no distinguishable mouth. They have no distinguishable mouth or eyes. But mm. like, still, you're sucked into the illusion. So, is that just the quality of the animation that they that they tricked you into thinking those things were saying those things that they were saying? No, it's it's the it's it's all part of that. Like, it's the your brain making connecting the dots. Yeah. You know, in the same way we can watch a cartoon and think it's a moving thing when it's just moving pictures. Like your brain is just crazy powerful. Yeah. You know, and is able to do that. Like it's a level of abstraction. It's like you you, you know, play a lot of visual novels, and that's what visual novels are. Yeah. You know? Um and it's just you're you're just willing to go along with it because <laughs> you're an ama- you know, the brain is an amazing thing. Yes, it and, is. And uh you know, and that's part of like I mean, a stodgy old man in the podcast, but like when I rail against this kind of like fully realized fully cinematic thing is that like, I don't, I just, I don't like that as much usually. Like I want to make those connections. You know, yeah. when you talked about like, I'm remembering as being fully voiced because I was filling in the blanks myself. Like I don't mind that, you know, mm-hmm. and it becomes a budgetary concern, especially in RPGs where like, you, know, you look at something like <laughs> spider web software, which is making, you know, Baldur's Gate style RPGs, but they're all text. There's like no voice in any of them because they simply can't afford it. Right. right? So voice acting has definitely contributed to this weird budget inflate thing that is is really bad for the industry. Like, yeah. I mean, and that's not a new opinion, but the fact that games have to make this gargantuan amount of money back is partly because they have this A-list voice talent, you know? Yeah. Like when something like, you know, THQ just went out of business, you know, <laughs> I don't remember Saint Row 3 being a, like a failure. People love that game. <laughs> However, it wasn't enough to save this studio that has like a thousand games that people really, you know, really responded to and, and really liked. You know, and there may be there. It's more complicated than that. Everything is. Right. But the fact that games, you know, if you, you need that, you need that AAA voice talent and it's so expensive is, you know, squeezing out the middle class of games in like a, a really obnoxious, terrible way. It is. But like. I would look to I would look towards like you know the race towards photorealism to you know to counter that, like like and it's both of them it's you know it's 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 twin jets of suffering right is it is it countering it or is it also a problem well it's also, I, I think no, it's a, yeah it's it, a problem it's, it doesn't it's, counter it's also anything. it's also a problem but I would almost say that it's you know more of a problem just because the expectations are higher you know you you can get a no name voice actor who sounds really good but you can't fake something that is really high fidelity not as easily as you can just kind of like faking a good performance if the difference the difference is just is that one is impossible and one is not impossible yeah. merely expensive so in that way you're right but you're wrong like you're not wrong but you're when you're i think you're undervaluing the when you say you can just get a no name voice actor for not very much money like that's an oversimplification studios don't want that like they want to be able to say games are starring people you know, like they don't want no name voice actors. And I'm not saying it's as expensive as like developing a graphics engine that, you know, approaches photorealism or as close as we can get to it. But they're both huge problems. Like saying one of them is more of a problem doesn't, you know, isn't saying much. Name a game that had a big name voice actor recently. Fallout New Vegas. Wait, wait, Newton. Everything by by Bethesda. Like, okay. Saints Row the Third. Like, you know, like they, like they, they, you know, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Like, I mean, that's not recent, but like all every game you're using as an example has big name voice actors in them. Yeah, that's true. You know, you're just thinking of Mass Effect and Dragon Age are the only ones you're omitting. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of calling you out, so I apologize. Yeah, for that. like no, I know, but you're wrong. <laughs> like, you're, you're just the the, uh, the the. I mean, that's it's a, still a big thing. Like it's yeah. still it's, you know, it's possible to not do it, mm-hmm. but it's it's still a big thing. They're both problems. Yeah. They both are like fools things to to, to pursue what with about, that kind of. What about NFL 2K5 getting Steve O? Oh, I don't know. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> it, was, it is. And now you have yeah. to live in a world where you know that's a thing. Uh, Great. Steve-O has one of my favorite tattoos of all time. Like, himself say what on his back. Band. Yeah, the, him <laughs> smiling on his back with finger guns is so funny. That is a great joke to play for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. I just. But it also it also leads to that, like, I'm skipping past half this shit. You know? Yeah. Like, I read quicker... You know, choose what information is important and mm-hmm. make that, you know, like when you look at The Walking Dead, like The Walking Dead has a lot of dialogue to it compared to the rest of the game because it's an adventure game. But it doesn't have as much dialogue as, say, a Mass Effect does. Right. You know, even in the, even in the entire thing probably doesn't have as much stuff like that with all the like very like you know, has a very limited cast. In any given section of it, you're maybe interacting with five people. Right. So and, and in a couple of different situations where they're going to have new dialogue, like. You know, spend your resources on things that are important. Yeah. Because otherwise, I'm just going to skip halfway through them saying it. It's going to make people sound like ridiculous broken records. You yeah. know, I, I just I, I like the characters in Mass Effect so goddamn much, and I can't help but I think you were thinking about Mass a, Effect during this, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just uh, it's 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 the best it's the best recent example, and I can't think of many examples before it. But it's it, it, but but it's proof and it, and and it's and it's uh, evidence that a good casting decision can make all the difference in the world. So it was like to counter that with like, so I haven't played mass effect, but I have played dragon age and I like the, the one thing I like about dragon age origins is like the interactions with my characters. Right. Yeah. So having my, my team be fully voiced. Great. But on mass effect, you need like everybody who's uncoupling power converters to be fully voiced. Like you stop by and talk to some random NPC because it's an RPG. Like every guy in dragon age who was telling me like, I'm too lazy to go across the village and pick up this herb. Like I didn't need them to be fully voiced. Right. Like that was not, it was superfluous information and insults my sense of economy. Mm-hmm. You know, that, 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 that may be true. And you get into kind of like a final fantasy 12 kind of thing where all the party dialogue is voiced, but all the incidental area dialogue isn't voiced, which I think is like probably the way to do it. Right. Like as much as I have a serious problem with final fantasy 12, like I like that balance a lot. Yeah. Which is, you know, not dissimilar to like a Fallout, you know, where the uh, the important NPCs in a town are fully voiced and and talking heads and like your like a Fallout, like a Fallout one and two, but not a but not a New Vegas and, and three. Right, and New Vegas and three, like every once in a while, you'd run into somebody interesting. Like you'd run into Fantastic in New yeah. Vegas, and it was fantastic. And then you'd run into <laughs> for every Fantastic, there'd be three or four like guys who I, you know, couldn't care less about, yeah. and I just clicked past their dialogue. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, I I, I I don't know. I just I, I have a particular affinity for voice acting. It's just in my nature. Um, and uh, this this might be an area where I have to choose to die on this hill. And no, that's, that's <laughs> fine. I, I like voice acting. I just I think that I just don't know why uh, you dislike art. That's just yeah, no, no. <laughs> like, no, I, I mean, where's fucking stop brushing up against the table. I like <laughs> voice acting, but it just it's I want it to be. It's about significance of detail. Yeah, you know, no. It probably ties. It's how you like Stephen King. 
And, and he describes <laughs> a hotel room for like 72 pages he and you're like, I'm on board. I know. I'm just kidding. I was giving you shit. I was exaggerating to give you shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the same, the same principle that of me that doesn't like that, whether uh-huh. it happens with him or not. I don't like uh-huh. it in any author. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it in video games either. Yeah. I don't Huh. Ambient sound. That's sure a thing. Yeah, I think we can we can find some common ground in the world of ambient sound. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so like just in, in the area of world building, right? Because a single solitary lonely room, that sounds a lot different than a beach or a factory or an alien mm-hmm. world, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, and and just like that's a uh, it's I, I don't know what it's just a matter of like figuring out what goes into the substrate to like set that setting. And the best like first example that I can think of this is uh eco, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a that's a wonderful example. Yeah, it's just like yeah. like h- how do we tell you without looking at anything that you are in this abandoned seaside castle? And, and they nailed it. Mm-hmm. Like after I wrote this note, I went back in and I played the HD collection a little bit. And I was kind of like f- fucking spot on. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And right. I, I think both of you and I have a, a lot of like kind of ties to this as, as as people have done varying amounts of like kind of audio production kind of stuff like that you know, like crafted little, little playlets for the show and other yeah. things, you know? So this is like a semi-professional interest as well. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and it's a wonderful part of the fiction. It's like that establishing shot. It's uh, just, you just, I, I don't even know. This is the part where I'm going to gush as, 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 as much as possible, but there's also room for it in the fiction. Like I just, this is one of the most awesome examples I can think of. I know we talked about mass effect a lot, but like when you hear, like when you're, you're watching a cutscene that's set in space and you hear the sound, you're like, Oh gosh, that's ridiculous. Right. Mm-hmm. Because no sound carries in space. It's a vacuum. Damn it. Well, actually, no. In in the fiction, they simulate the sound of like things that are going to be happening in space, like the engines and stuff, so mm-hmm. that so that like you don't get like driven mad by the silence of space. Except except in Firefly. Yes. No. Or like it, in it's, Firefly, it's pure silence when they show the you know the ship done taking to, off, done to amazing effect because you don't expect that at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. because Joss Whedon is essentially like I like Joss Whedon, but he's essentially just like find things and subvert them. Yeah. And then that's what that's what he does. Yeah. But um, uh, see also uh, Prius is needing external speakers for engine noise so they don't kill blind people. <laughs> that, that's a, that's so insane. Like what a weird like <laughs> thing that's stepped out of physics. Well, but but. Uh, but it's also, it makes sense, but but that, that that's also a problem for electric cars in general. Have you have you ever driven an electric golf cart? Uh no. It's it's eerie, right? Electric cars they have uh they they have simulated engine noise inside so that people know when they're pressing the accelerator. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oliver Sacks, yeah. the the connection between the mind and sound. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Very, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. It's a weird, uh, it's kind of like a weird reverse take on that. What does a jump sound like? Yeah. Puzzle. You know, it's like taking something that has always had a sound and then now it has not had a sound versus something that has never had a sound and we had to write a sound for it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and all of this, I can't, I, I can't think of another genre, another, another kind of game, anything that has more to do with this than, uh, the, 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 the than horror, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we talked about Silent Hill a lot in the first half in terms of ambient music, but, uh, holy crap, if you're going to make a, if you're going to make a mood, you know, most of the music in, in, in Silent Hill, it sounds like this is the machinery of hell beating against the very walls that I'm standing against. Right. 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 You know, and it, and it makes sense too, because it's something where it's, uh, 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 you know, a lot of times when working into that first example, like for horror, you don't want 
to have your mind attached to something. Like the part of your brain that hooks on to like a melody, you you need to have that free. Right. You know, and you want to be alone from it. Like you want the developers want you to not have that to hang on to. Mm-hmm. So that's part of why a lot of times when you talk about Silent Hill, that's a really good example. I also think about the like amnesia music yeah. when uh you know where it's it's literally like it's almost like you're trying to your brain is trying to grab onto something and it's beating you back. Yeah. You know, like no, you are alone. Like this is <laughs> not a things. And we um you know, we're talking about horror games, like I love it when uh games subvert that too. So like in uh, Call of Cthulhu, like the the vocal track, like, I like the way you smile at me, baby. Like that's used to like awesome haunting effect because it mm-hmm. stands out so much from the the rest of the the game. Right. You know, to have this kind of like fifties barbershoppy, you know, sound. Yes, sir. There. Yeah. Like it, that's that's the kind of like sound design of like putting something that is out of place somewhere. Yeah. And making it feel uncanny in that way. Um, it's it, like in, any, any time in a horror game where, you know, this, the, this dream amnesia, um, or like, a, a pursuit based games like haunting ground, I guess amnesia is pursuit based too, but like where you can hear that your heartbeat in your own head as mm-hmm. you're, as you're going, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, just like, th- does that count as ambient sound? I mean, it's almost like an interface element, right? Yeah. 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 And, uh, if you ever get a chance, uh, and I've espoused the virtues of this before, but, uh, get into a sensory deprivation tank. Yeah, because it, it it will be it is essentially getting chased, <laughs> by, and it, it, you hear your heartbeat. Like it beats slower because you're relaxed, but you've never heard your heartbeat the way you will in a sensory deprivation tank. Right. I don't know. I'm. I I can't be in a sensory deprivation apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I don't know. It's 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 huge, and uh, uh, just that, that that ambient sound. We're, we're we're both in favor of it. That that that's yeah. like one thing that technology has. You know, just the, the, this increased capacity to have more things going on at once, adding fidelity to the to kind of the audio fingerprint of these areas that we're inhabiting in these mm-hmm. games. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But uh, we've talked a lot about uh, sound as feedback, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Ah oh, man, I, I I didn't I didn't remember this until until I read this and doing the research for the show, but I I now have a very distinct sense memory. Two D Zelda games, holding your sword out and walking up against a wall. Oh, that click! Yeah, like yeah, that yeah yeah. And then you hear one that's like ding. It's like oh, that can bomb there, right? Yeah. Yep yep. I just I love that kind of stuff. This yeah, game. I I definitely do too. Yeah. And it's because the game shows you with uh with like cracked walls as well. Yeah. But I feel like it shows the cracked walls earlier on in the game, and then there are later areas that don't telegraph it visually right. as well. So it's a real good like example of it training you. Yeah. One, one, one of my one of my biggest uh, uh one one of my first big experience with, uh, experiences with Zelda was uh, uh, Link's Awakening, where mm-hmm. it was really really hard to tell the cracked walls from uh from yeah. regular walls and uh that just i was kind of like once i once i figured that out i was like oh man this is something i need to pay attention to it's not just like i can play this with the volume down in the car so i don't piss off mom right right, right. <laughs> yeah but uh you know s- s- sound can provide that kind of like crucial feedback and that too can kind of be like world building like a uh, miss four you've never played that have you no i've only played Mist one yes they must have gone around and made a scale model of the entire world and figure out exactly what kind of sur- surfaces everything would be made of because your cursor, you can tap on it and you see like a little tap animation. And if you're tapping on paper, by God, it sounds like you're tapping on paper. 
And if you're tapping on some kind of otherworldly crystal, it'll sound like an otherworldly crystal. And I imagine it plays into gameplay as yes. well. Like there are puzzles based around that, I'm sure. Finding hid- hidden panels and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like super into that. Yeah. 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 But uh, 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 stealth games too. Thief, right? Mm-hmm. You've, you've played Thief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you walk on gravel, people are going to hear you um, because you can hear yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. And that, that actually adds the interesting thing when, and they, I don't know which game it's added to in the series, but where they, uh, you start having control over that. So you start managing that. Mm-hmm. So there are, you have the, those moss arrows, which you can shoot onto yeah. to metal grates or like puddles yes. in order to change the, the sound texture that is played when you, when you traverse it. I think that was thief two actually, where you got those. Yeah. The, the one I played the most is deadly shadows and that definitely has it, but, uh, it was yes. a really interesting you know element of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, so the, like, the, this kind of bridges into the, into, into the next thing, but, uh, you can't ignore like how important, you know, the interface is to something like the Xbox 360 or the PlayStation three, where like, there's this constant thing that sits over what you're playing, right? You know, mm-hmm. you, whenever somebody signs on, you hear the bloop, unless you turn it off, but, uh, but achievements, that's a pretty big deal, right? It, yeah, I mean, it, like it, it's a, it's a, uh, but it's, it's again when we talk about like I'll, this is a, a hill I'll, I'll go to, <laughs> go to battle on. Because when we talk about these advancements in, in technology and the way things have moved forward that are uh, detrimental, uh-huh. you know. Um, so previously, like other examples you have here as far as Pavlovian, you know, dopamine squirt, uh, you know, things like that. Like obviously, like coins and, and things like that, one-up noises, which are incredibly satisfying. Um, but they, they mean something and they have a gameplay element to them as well. Whereas I feel like achievements are just a way to fake that, yeah. you know, for the most part, like very few of the, you know, and this is not a new point, but achievements aren't achieving anything. Like for the most, like a lot of turn on game, press up for the first time yeah. nonsense, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's a cheapening of something that could be tied into gameplay and could be used as a real, you know, like a, a, a implement for challenge, a new way to appreciate the game. You know, yeah. I have very little interest or appreciation for achievements. Like, despite having, you know, done all the Binding of Isaac ones, which is which is weird. <laughs> um, but most of those, like, a great thing about that game is most of those are tied into gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like, there are very few achievements that don't do anything, that don't unlock something in the game. Yeah. Right? Like, and that that I can get behind. And that's the similar coins and one-ups and everything like that. Like, or, you know... Uh, any anything or getting an item in Zelda, which feels great, or getting an item in Metroid, like those are gameplay elements. Mm-hmm. They're not just attaboys. Yeah, and yeah. if you can do if you can do gameplay elements, do it. Mm-hmm. If they're just attaboys, like I'm not in fucking kindergarten, like you don't have to treat me like that. You yeah. know, I, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you in in terms of like how important those are in the grand scheme of thing things, but they are omnipresent. They mm-hmm. are um, unavoidable. And the fact that there's a sound associated with them, that speaks to some deep down lizard brain part of my head that, you know, subverts any knowledge of mine that says this gamer score or whatever is entirely useless. And I appreciate that there, that there's a sound because I can acknowledge I can acknowledge, oh, there's an achievement there without drawing my eyes away from what's happening. Right. I, I don't. I mean, I don't want to sound like uh this is this thing that works on you and I'm immune to it because yeah. I was born in a high gravity environment, but they, they have no effect on me. Okay. Huh. Like I, I don't, I don't feel good about getting them. I, you know, I'm annoyed yeah. when they pop up. Then when the sound pops up, it's annoying to me. Yeah. Like, uh, 
Yeah. And, 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 and I think that my saying this is more by way of saying like for a lot of people, it matters a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I won't argue with it as from an educational standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. From like a Gary standpoint, I have no idea why I was trying to pretend like I'm an achievement hunter. Just look at my score. I think it's like 16,000, something like that. Mm-hmm. After, after, you know, six, seven years of playing on an Xbox 360, the same account and everything, which is meager compared to a lot of my friends list, people who I really should stop talking to. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's audio branding and you know, that bloop sound will forever be associated with Xboxes, right? Right. But right. Uh, uh, th- think, think about Mario, um, where if a sound can be pulled from an earlier game, it damn well will be. Yeah, and then we talked about that a lot in the last episode, but the way that Mario has become this weird Ouroboros that like feeds on its its earlier, you know, uh, anticipates and designs around its audience's affection for the earlier games. Yeah. You know, and that's just definitely part of that. Mm-hmm. Same thing yeah. with Zelda, like those musical stingers, like you got the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Metroid kept up too. I haven't played the Metroids after Metroid Prime, but do you still go to the. Yeah. I mean, like, like, do those count as music? I mean, they're 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 jingles, right? Yeah, it's a, I would call it a jingle. Yeah, like, I'll I'll call that music, but it, it's <laughs> it's definitely like you know a little closer to a sound effect than a, than a song. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, you're caught. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> yeah, and some of that stuff is fine. Like that stuff, I'm I'm fine with. Right, yeah. like that stuff doesn't bother me because it's it's tied because it's tied into gameplay. Like something happens there. Like getting yeah. a reward noise when mm-hmm. I do something good in the game. Yeah, is, is is great, and that will actually change the way the game plays. Yeah, but yeah. done, but done enough times over a long enough period of time, it's a way to generate care. Right, right, right. right. And some, and the decision like generating care is no bad thing. It's just whether it's earned care. Yeah. So yeah. if you can, if you can bring home a point that you're already making legitimately, great. Uh-huh. If you're going to pad out something that is uh, cheap and 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 flimsy with a sound, then that's yeah. bad design. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is just something I didn't notice until I, and, until somebody like called my attention to it. Uh, square menus. Yeah. Bling, ding, ding. Yep. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. yeah. <laughs> Always the same kind of sound. Yep. So it's, yep. it's, it's the FedEx arrow of, of, of game audio, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. We, we, we've kind of walked towards the end of the garden path of my of my of my sound arguments and lecture, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to leave this on one kind of final thing. Um, games without subtitles really, really fucking annoy me. Yeah, it's it's inexcusable. <laughs> uh, so, so, so I, for, I forget what game we played that didn't have sound that, that that didn't have subtitles. I probably said it during the time. The most recent game that I can remember that that that, that did that was Prince of Persia: The Forgotten Sands. I have trouble distinguishing voices from background noise and games have a shit ton of background noise, especially if the mix is bad. Yeah. And uh, a company that does this really well is valve. Like they'll, they'll even subtitleize sound effects. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean, which uh, is huge. And a lot of companies will, will do that now, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll kind of, kind of go the extra mile with that, but that only speaks to your point that it, it should become the standard and yeah. it uh, you know has become the standard. And now the exception Yeah, doesn't do that. So I, yeah, I, no, no argument there. Like mm-hmm. that stuff's infuriating because I will sometimes even, even though I don't always want everything voiced, I will sometimes put on subtitles if say I am, uh, you know, if I'm listening to it quiet for some reason or another, like if I'm, you know, I have a roommate or my girlfriend sleeping or something like that, 
and I don't have my headphones handy. Like, there's lots of reasons why I might use subtitles. Yeah. Um, or like the the audio in the game is no great shakes, and I would rather read it than uh, and listen to music than right. you know than, than play it. Um, that's do you have games like that? Do you have a? I have like very like where you tie an album. Like, did you ever listen to popular music while playing video games, and then <laughs> tie those together? I have a I have a particularly um, geeky version of that, in, mm-hmm. insofar as it involved podcasts and um, Fallout Three. Mm-hmm. So I was I was playing Fallout Three, and this was around the time of the financial collapse. Mm-hmm. And I I have such a strong link between playing Fallout Three and listening to Planet Money, talking mm-hmm. about how we were all fucked, and like <laughs> all of these rich people stole everything we had by gambling it away, and just like like like, like that kind of like okay, this fantasy apocalypse. Versus this very real potential apocalypse we might be seeing here, and yeah, just like it was just kind of like whoa, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically, I have a lizard connection between REM's Green and Arrow the Acrobat. <laughs> like I rented that game and got Green the Green cassette at the exact same time and had it on infinite loop and played Arrow the Acrobat. So wow. even though I haven't played Arrow the Acrobat since like nineteen you know ninety three ninety four. Uh, every time I hear a song from Green, I think about Arrow the Acrobat. <laughs> Arrow the Acrobat makes you lose your religion? Uh, that's uh, out of time, my friend. Ah, oh, fucking shit. <laughs> what, what was the single off of Green? Uh, stand. Fucking, okay, yep, okay. So, so yay to REM and subtitles, uh, boo to POD and Papa Roach. <laughs> is, is the REM stuff really going to make it into the episode? Uh, some of it might. If okay. not, this will be a mysterious, like, wait for next week for listening to me and Cole gush about REM for about 10 minutes. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> if you're not listening, if you never listen to REM, you're crazy. So good. <laughs> For real. Um, but uh, that is uh, probably uh, way too many words about, about things you hear when you play games. Yeah, it was definitely exhaustive. <laughs> this is an exhaustive episode of Watch Out for Fireballs. Um, we're going to do, we had a little bit of extra stuff planned, but we're going to throw in the extra sode along with all of your comments and, and, uh, and contributions, which are important to us, but it is a long episode. Um, so yeah, just and we're gonna run through this this admin stuff quickly. Uh, the last time, our last episode, when my friends listened to it and said it had a Return of the King level, um, <laughs> false endings. Yeah. So which is probably true. Yeah, we 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 do go on. Um, yeah. So uh, we we thank you so much for all of the uh, for all of the participation for this week's episode, uh, mm-hmm. or more accurately, next week's extra sode. Um, if you want to continue to do those things, you can watch out on the uh, on, on the Facebook group for any kind of questions that we have. And there's also duckfeed.tv/contact. Uh, you can suggest games that we're going to do, do next. Do we want to do kind of like a, a quick a quick hit on these? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so next uh, couple episodes are about Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, the first one, the first two parts um, in in two weeks from when you're hearing this. The second two parts two weeks from that. Um, after that, we are doing Resident Evil Two, and after that, we're doing Sonic Three and Knuckles. Yes. And after that, yes, this is the reveal. Mm-hmm. Not the That's REM's the reveal, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> presumably better reveal. <laughs> Imitation of Life was okay. Continue. Yeah, no, no, no. I had, I had a couple good songs on that. that <laughs> I, I was actually thinking of Around the Sun when I was bad mouthing reveal, but oh yeah, um, Around the Sun is deplorable. Oh, for, for um, 
<laughs> After that, we're doing Metroid Prime. Yes, the first Metroid Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oddball Metroids in the spring. <laughs> Oddball Mario games in the winter. <laughs> Sunrise, uh, sunset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we have further planning for after that, and it's all exciting, but you don't get to know about it yet. Not yet. You're going to have to yep. wait for those little bits of uh, little, little morsels of, of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of uh, app stuff and extra content, we do a sideshow for this. Um, not Sideshow Bob. Um, we're not murderous or anything. It's called Abject Suffering. And you can get access to that uh, through a couple of ways. Here is talk about bad games you suggest. Uh, there's an app that is now available on Android, finally. Yay! <laughs> you, can, you can stop like sending me, <laughs> sending me death threats. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you can get that on the iOS store by buying the podcast box, looking for us on there, or buying the, uh, uh, the Android app, which I think is available through the Amazon Marketplace. And if you do not have an appable phone, you can actually uh, go to duckfeed.tv slash tribute, where you can uh, pay us the two bucks and you get access to the site. It's pretty yep. neat. And what we're doing for Abject Suffering number three is Captain Novelin for the <laughs> SNES. That's right. The game for sad diabetic kids <laughs> whose parents wanted to make learning about your endocrine disorder as fun as Mario or Sonic. And it's fucking awful. I played it for a half hour and we're going to talk about it next week. I haven't played and, it. And uh, it's, it's, it's a real winner. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, you'll actually be able to listen to this concurrently with this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about next week, but for you, it'll be the same thing. Yeah. So you can now, if you, that sounds good to you, t- t- you haven't checked out the, the abject suffering, get on it. Time works mysteriously in Wafrin. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, get, get, get on it, indie listeners. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to support us in some kind of like, you know, real ways, uh, you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Uh, I realize a lot of people hate iTunes, but that's where the majority of people listen to the show at. So if you are, are, if you are a uh, participant in that ecosystem, then uh, we invite you to come and uh, leave your opinions there. And that helps other people see the show, gets us into what's hot in games and hobbies and video games. And it really, really helps. Yep, absolutely. A huge help. You can uh, do that audible trial that we mentioned earlier. Um, you can tell your friends about it. You can uh, blog about it, all that jazz. Um, checking, you know, checking us out through all of our, our different uh, media and mediums is uh, is a big help as well. So, um, you know, checking out like our Twitter, YouTube channel, Facebook, uh, and then we also do some other shows. Most recently, Bonfireside Chat, an undead favorite, which is a show about the Soul series of games. Um, the next episode, when you hear this, will be the episode with uh, the third one still. Yes, yes, that yep. will be uh, the the undead parish in the lower berg featuring Tyler Crumrine of the Ninja versus Ninjas versus Podcast podcast. Yep, absolutely. So uh, check that out. Um, you can also check out uh, the other shows on the network: uh, Those Damn Ross Kids, The Level, The Pitch, Dead Idea of Ahala. Um, all good options. Yes. So definitely check those out. And real and quick, good. or just uh, and one I didn't want to do the whole admin thing, but uh, the pitch uh, now has a Twitter yes account. So if you want to hit a pitch pod. On Twitter.com, Brayden and I are both doing two entries or one entry a day each um, for things that will not support full episodes. So <laughs> it's really good. Um, so, and if you want to support the uh, the network monetarily, you can go to duckfeed.tv/tipjar, use the Amazon link. We get a kickback from everything you buy, and uh, it helps us out. Yeah, and there's some other stuff on there too about like a, a subscription. Like if you want to make a big donation, um, we have we're still working this out exactly how it's going to work, but you'll get cool stuff. Yes. So if you feel like uh, 
making an awesome donation like our, our uh, Mac, our friend who got us this mic, um, which you're hearing the fruits of right now um, for the first time on the network. Mm-hmm. Um, we will love you forever and appreciate it like awesome. crazy. Yep. But do not feel pressured. Absolutely we, not. Your, your, your listenership is all we could ask. That and some money. So, <laughs> How so, many dollars worth of listenership are we talking about, Cole? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, we would ask you to watch out for bad voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, watch out for aimless diatribes. <laughs> uh, watch out for very long podcasts. And watch and, out for fireballs. Mm-hmm. Which is really all one and the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of aimless diatribes and long podcasts and bad voice watch out acting. for watch out for fireballs <laughs> yeah <laughs> motherfuckers motherfuckers call back we, we tricked you um. like that like oh you know and the fucking stench trees bloom in spring and makes everything smell like rotten semen yeah you no, know, we, we, had, we had we had those in uh, uh, uh by, by campus actually those ginkgo trees yeah, yeah that's what yeah that's what i was talking about specifically <laughs> yeah. yeah rotten it, semen trees it's so funny everybody says they smell like uh stale cum yeah it's crazy yeah Everybody's got stale come around just for <laughs> scent test. That's a, that, that shouldn't be such a universal Goon layers. Reference. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's fucking gross. But yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's a distinct fucking smell. Yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 that, that that's good. Uh, you know, my my trick has always been to uh, um, any place that I've considered living to to, to drive by at night, mm. um, and uh, like see what the noise level was like, and just kind of like watch. A little bit to find a place to park and like exist, and it was kind of like really creep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you really, really be a big serious creeper. Is that yeah. is it? Yeah, just parking in a neighborhood at night and like just hanging out. Well, for for ten minutes, Gary. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> like, just, uh, I can't go ten minutes without masturbating. I don't know about you. <laughs> I just assumed. <laughs> okay. At some point, you get bored. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, no, I mean, it's not that creepy. If, if I were, like, walking by you and you're just sitting in a car staring, like, I would think it was creepy, I guess is what I was imagining. Well, they can deal with it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you can deal with it. No. no I, <laughs> I'm dealing with it just fine. I don't think it's that bad. I'm just kidding you shit. <laughs> <laughs> no.